Now, what began as a conservation dream several years ago has finally been realised. Aotearoa New Zealand now has its first certified native frog detection dog. If you think that's a mouthful, wait till you hear the breed. Holly is a Nova Scotia duck tolling retriever. Uh, and Holly was the brainchild, Holly's training was the brainchild of her handler, Debbie Bishop, and Debbie's late husband, Professor Phil Bishop, a professor at Otago University's zoology department. Debbie joins me now. Hi, Debbie. Hi there, Jesse. How are you doing? Good. I'm very excited about your dog. Oh, so am I. She's <laughs> <laughs> quite the star. <laughs> we actually have to go back a few years for the origins of this idea, eh? Oh, yes, quite a few. We, well, she's now five, so we, we, we're talking then when we started the idea was nearly seven years ago now. You were in Fiordland, I think. What happened? Well, I wasn't actually in Fiordland, but I'll, I'll give you a little bit of, of a, um, a backstory yeah. here. So we'd had a long break uh, from when we had lost our previous dog, which, um, which was a Kelpie. And we thought of getting another Kelpie, you know, because she was so intelligent and well-behaved. And she was the right size that we felt we were comfortable with. And Phil and I had been discussing uh, part of our future plans for retirement and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you better, intru- uh, you better introduce Phil to us. Right. So Phil, um, my husband, Phil uh, Bishop, a lot of people know him as the Frogman, um, <laughs> was based at the University of Otago here and did, you know, um, with lecturing. And he unfortunately passed away two and a half years ago now. And so this was, you know, a a big thing that we had planned together with him being um, the researcher and me being the dog handler. So this is how this idea then came that, you know, we could be able to go out into the field together, which for many, many years we had done. You know, all through our lives, I've been the the uh, research assistant. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so the so, Kelpie was the Kelpie a, a general knowledge. Sorry, was the oh, Kelpie okay. a um a, a frog detector as well, or was it doing other things? No, she was just. I had trained her um, with my son to do agility and obedience. Oh. And you know, I mean, I, I've done this training on my own. I'm not a I'm not a professional trainer. Um, you know, you go to the various um, clubs that allow yeah. you to do this training. You're, you're not a frog dog whisperer? No, unfortunately, <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> I just looked up those Kelpies. I've never heard of that breed before. Man, they're a beautiful dog. Yeah, it's an Australian breed as well. It's a cattle dog. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, you know, because of that, and but then we sort of thought, well, you know, we'll discuss what we want to do. And one of the ideas that came about was having a dog that could search for native New Zealand frogs. Mm. So we read the literature um, in, of dogs in, in Africa, you know, coming from South Africa, being used um, for searching um, frogs. And then Phil did a trip with Department of Conservation. I didn't go on that trip um, and came back saying he was absolutely convinced that there should still be frogs there. There was many, many years ago. In Fjordlands. Um, in the Fjordlands, yeah. yes. Um, and that someday we could go out and explore, you know, and revisit the sites where these extinct native frogs roamed, you know, many, many years ago. Mm. Um, as a native, you know, New Zealand frogs, they're so cryptic. And it, as you know, they don't make a sound because they don't have an eardrum. <laughs> um, so having a dog to help with, you know, searching these huge areas um, would be, you know, quite beneficial. Mm. But so what we then did before we sort of went ahead with anything is that we had to apply, you know, to the Department of Conservation Dogs Program um, to see if 
you know, this breed would be approved. Unfortunately, they said no, the Kelpie is not. Mm. Um, so then our search started as to what was suitable for us in our environment, as well as what would be suitable in the bush. Because bearing in mind where the frogs exist is very cold, it's in mist belts and things like that, yeah. or near uh, streams. So, you know, we didn't want a very thin head um, dog. Yeah. So Phil was actually on a Skype meeting with people um, over in Canada, and one of the screensavers was this Nova Scotia duck tolling retriever. <laughs> Phil called me and said, wow, look at this. It's you a mouthful, eh? Yeah, it is. We just told her for short. Yeah. Um, and he said, come and have a look at this. And so we both fell in love with the breed after mm. you know, looking at it because really it had the, the size was right, the coat was right, the temperament seemed perfect for what we wanted. So we contacted uh, the Department of Conservation and said, you know, would this breed be okay to be part of the program? And they said, well, hang on a sec. We just need to go and, you know, look off, look out, go and see what this dog's all about. Hang on. Surely if they just looked no, at one, surely if they looked at one photo of this breed, they'd give it the thumbs up. That is the most beautiful dog. Oh, they are. And so... They came back and said, "Yes, no, that you know, it would be, it would be fine." But they had to also go because at that stage there were only about twenty um, tolers in New Zealand, mm. so it wasn't, it wasn't a well-known um, breed Gosh. anyway. Really beautiful. So yeah, so then it, you know, to find the breed then was was difficult because there wasn't anyone breeding them, and so we looked at Australia, and then they actually reverted us back to someone in Wellington and said hey, they're breeding um, next year. Why don't you give them a call? And so we contacted the breeder here, and, of course, there's a waiting list for everything like that. Mm. So part of that process is you have to put in why you want one of their puppies. Yeah. And so we put this thing to say we would <laughs> like to be training Holly to be a um, frog detection dog or scent dog. Yeah. And the breeder then actually will um, help you with selecting oh um, out of all the puppies. They will... They do what they call an aptitude, a uh, puppy aptitude test. Mm. A puptitude test. Yes. <laughs> to see whether, you know, it's going to fit what you would like it to do. And and I just, I just there is a quote here that I'd like to read to you because I think it really sums up um, a little bit about Holly and, and really why I think she's turned out the way she has. And yeah. what the, um, the actual breeder uh, aptitude test person said was, Holly is the smallest girl and has a lovely people-focused attitude, oh. but also can be quite independent and prepared to explore things on her own. Confidence and independence is a strength in any nose work role. Her smaller size should work well with the tasks you had in mind. She is also a thinker and will assess the value of doing something well. Oh. And really, she's lived up to all of those. Yeah, what a personality. Okay, look, ah. I feel like we could do half an hour on this, but we have a limited time. So tell me how hard it was to actually train Holly to look for these native frogs. So it's a big process. You know, you um, you start uh, with with going, um, I first had to have her assessed and then coming in through and um, getting her to search for what we had as a substitute was a Kong so that we could get her to train and find and then you, you marry those up with the frog, and we then used Archie's frogs, and that's what we then married that. And so you do first a test to be able to see that, A, she recognizes the scent, mm. and once 100% she's recognizing the scent. And this was done in conjunction with um, 
a student who was doing an MSc, which was Tegan Mural, and she helped me with those, um, getting her to actually, you know, be sent, orientated to the native New Zealand frogs. And that took, you know, a, a year to do that. And then from there, you move into um, an area which they had at the university, which would have little trees and things, and we hide things. And Gosh. then she find, does the find. And when she finds it, she then sits and indicates and waits for me to come. And then, you know, you reward her. And the reward for her is a, is a nice, um, tasty treat. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> university, by the way? It's uh, the Otago University in the zoology department. Good for them. Wow. They've been so supportive, and I, I can't thank them enough for still supporting me after Phil had passed. So so tell me, um, and, and I'm really sorry to hear about Phil, by the way. Um, yeah. Great that you're carrying on this dream that he had. Tell me what it's like when you take Holly out into the wild. Does it work as it's meant to? So, Jesse, at this point in time, Holly has gone through her two, um, you know, accreditations. What they call is the interim and then the full um, um, accreditation. So, what that now means is that she's now ready to be in the field. So, we have been in the field twice. The first time was with Phil before he passed, which was fantastic, and she found her first native frog, and it was like, whoa, you know, eureka moment. Yeah. And then last year I went in because. You know, we do have a window of time from September through to May where uh, we can actually go out into the field. So she's she's been finding the frogs, but now we just need time in the field. So that's what our next steps are: is to actually have that time and you know to work with um, work with Doc and whoever would like to know something about the presence and absence. Yeah. Of this, uh, from an outsider point, point of view, that, that seems quite quite a slow process. Has it been quite methodical? It's, you have to be methodical mm. because it has to be accurate. So for your for your full um, certification, you need to get um, basically full marks or four out of five. Otherwise, you don't actually mm. go through. And you also have to be bird averse. So they go through bird aversion training yeah. as well. Yep. Special dog? Very special dog, yes. And you've been to Coromandel. I know that was where the first trip was. And, and where was the other visit? was also in Coromandel. Okay. But you do hope to get to Fjordland where, where the idea first began? Yes, it, uh, I'm hoping, but I'm, I need to find a researcher to go along with me. Oh, dear. Uh, but I do Man, I thought they'd be falling over themselves. hands up and said, yes, please. So <laughs> I'm sure that uh, that will happen in some time. Yeah. So, so tell me about what the next couple of years will hold for you guys. So for us, it's uh, it's now moving. Um, she is uh, her certification was on Archie's frogs, and now she's going to be um, I'm going to be working on doing Hamilton's frog and the hot status frog. Yeah. So that if I'm in, you know, it means it just gives her a broader scope for use. And for us, then it's just being able to get that time in the field and to assist other teams that are doing any um, monitoring work in the wild. Yeah, why is it only September to May? Just because you can't go out when it's when it's really wet. No, it's not that you can't, but you know, I think you want to give yourself the best opportunity of yeah. being able to um, do a good job. And in winter time, they tend to burrow themselves down. So, you you know, thirty centimeters down would be very hard for Holly to to potentially um, pick up the the odour, because at this stage, part of, of Megan's thesis was to try and figure out how much odour comes off these frogs, and we weren't able to establish that. So 
the fact that Holly can smell it, yeah. but you know, 30 centimeters buried under the ground, I think it's a big ask. So yep. they are going to be in summertime in their, in their, you know, they breed through, and then obviously I can't go in December because that's when they're actually breeding. And that just means because they're terrestrial frogs, they don't make a sound, they're highly camouflaged, and they also have, when they're breeding, they, they, um, the Archies and the Hamilton's frogs actually lay eggs. The males sit on the eggs until they hatch into wee little froglets. Oh, my gosh. So they don't, the tadpole stage is in the egg, and then they jump onto Dad's back. So that's a very sort of important time not to be in the field, obviously. Mm. You wouldn't want to disturb those because they, they like your little fingernail size. There must be, um, must be some very excited herpetologists around New Zealand keen to give this thing a go. Well, I'm hoping so, yes. So, you know, it's it's just being able to go out and, and also if because they are in a specific pockets, it's nice to be able to see have them move from those pockets around or in areas where, you know, you go into areas and you think there must be frogs here because it's just mm. like a perfect spot. And now, and finally, you will know. Going through. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Debbie, thank you so much for telling us a bit about Holly. Um and a bit about your story. Will you keep in touch and let us know how you're getting on? Well, that would be lovely. Thank you, Jess, and I appreciate your time.